In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Good morning. It's a real blessing to be with you. I'm on a very short trip to the U.S. I was at the Antiochian Parish Life Conference in Grand Rapids this week. I'm here this weekend, and I'll be flying back tomorrow to Albania to continue the work. But it's a blessing to have a chance to share with you a little bit about what we are doing in Albania. And first and foremost this morning, I'm coming to say thank you. I was here last summer with my family, and I ask you to become partners with us. And you have chosen to do that, and we are very grateful. We very much appreciate that this church has chosen to make the ministry in Albania part of your core ministry, that you believe that what we are doing on behalf of you is, is worth supporting. And so from the bottom of my heart, I, I thank you, and I pray and hope that this partnership will grow over the years. We want to, as much as possible, build that bridge in relationship with you. That's why I chose to be here this morning. I could have gone to another church that I've never visited before, but I wanted to be back here and to thank you and to deepen that ongoing relationship that we have. I also want to just say to you, and this is something I hope you know, but that you have a tremendous treasure in your community and your worship here. I don't know if you realize how beautiful it is. Sometimes when we live in the presence of tremendous beauty, we get used to it and don't notice it anymore. But you here have a treasure that is the treasure that the world around you is searching for. They may not know it, but a community, a Eucharistic community like this that celebrates the liturgy as beautifully as you celebrated. They don't know they're looking for that, but that is the heart's desire of all those around you. So I would challenge you, we're going to talk a little bit about missions in Albania this morning, but you have a mission here as well. I would challenge you to remember the treasure that you have and to share it. You know, the Lord says, don't put your light under a bushel. Set it so, be a light city set on a hill so that all the world can see. Um, Archbishop Anastasios in Albania says that, that the man in the parable was condemned because he had one talent and he hid it in the ground. He said, we as Orthodox have all five talents and too often we have buried them. How will we be judged for that? So I would challenge you this morning to think of one person one person you know who is not part of this beautiful Eucharistic community. Just one person. What could you do in the next year that they would become part of this? That their heart's desire would be met, that they would meet Christ here. What could you do over the next 365 days to bring that one person here? Is that a task too big for any of us? Is that a task beyond thinking that you could nurture the life of one person that they could come here? Imagine your church if that were to happen, if each of you were to bring one person during the next year. In a loving relationship, shepherd them towards Christ, towards his church. Your church community would grow incredibly you would be able to share this treasure with more people. So I leave you with that challenge for your work here in your Jerusalem. But in addition to that, Christ has commanded us to be his witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And 
in a certain way we have the opportunity to be that work on the ends of the earth in Albania. In a certain way, it's the, it's the center of ancient civilization, but it's a place where the Christian faith, although it has been there for 2,000 years, has suffered incredibly, and especially in the 20th century. And I'll just give a little bit of background for those who either weren't here last summer when we spoke or don't remember so well. Albania is a place, as I said, where the Apostle Paul more than likely came and preached, and the church has its foundation in the first century, a place that has an incredibly deep Christian history, but also tremendous persecution. For almost 500 years, they suffered Ottoman occupation. During that time, about 70% of the Albanian people converted to Islam. Little by little, under generations and centuries of pressure and persecution, they converted to Islam. Often for non-theological reasons, like they paid lower taxes, they could ride horses, they could carry guns. But nevertheless, the conversion was inexorable. And once one man in one generation converted, all of his descendants forever were required to be Muslims. After that time of persecution, the Ottoman Empire collapsed in Albania. Freedom came for a little while, but then... At the end of World War II, a communist government came to power in Albania. And this was the most pure communism, except for possibly North Korea, that was ever exercised on the planet Earth. And in 1967, in exercise of pure communism, they outlawed all religious practice, all religious belief. They nationalized every single church property. They forced all the clergy to stop serving. So more than one generation of people grew up in the absolute absence of all religion. You know people who don't go to church. But in Albania, a whole generation grew up never having once seen a church, never having even known that there were once churches. So this is the environment that we have been working in, that the church has been working in since 1991. I've had the privilege of being part of it since 1998. And we have seen an incredible resurrection of the church there under the leadership of Archbishop Anastasios. And I won't take the time this morning to go through all the different parts of that. There's not even, begins to be enough time. If you want to know more, please talk to me afterwards. So we're part of that process of resurrection. But the thing that I would like to challenge you with, in that ongoing process, we are in a very critical stage right now. A beautiful beginning has happened. Incredible things under the leadership of the Archbishop have happened. But there is so much more to do. And really, I believe that the next decade will determine the ongoing trajectory of that resurrection. Whether it will become liftoff that will be a dynamic church into the next generations, or whether it will be something that does not reach its full potential. We in Albania are moving very quickly from really a pre-modern society. Albania before World War II was a very primitive place, really still in the 19th century. Communism came and walled off Albania from the rest of the world. It was not possible to travel from Albania to anywhere else, and you could not travel from the rest of the world into Albania. So it was walled off. It stayed pre-modern. In 1991, the door is opened, and now we are experiencing 
the tidal wave of post-Christian secular materialism of Western Europe in Albania. And we have seen people go from a very great hunger and interest in faith in the early 1990s when they wanted to know what is this thing that we have been deprived of to increasingly a lack of interest, an indifference moving towards the incredible indifference of Western Europe. So I believe we have about one more decade of real opportunity in Albania. And this is why it's so important for us to invest. A lot of our ministry as missionaries is with children. And this is the generation that is forming their worldview. They are coming to know what the world is, to know what they think about it. The amazing thing that is even after the communist persecution, after that time of atheism, people came out of that still with a religious identity. About 20% of the people still call themselves Orthodox Christians. For most of them, that has no content at all. It doesn't mean anything. They've never been to church. They're not baptized. They've never read the Bible. But they still call themselves Orthodox Christians. That's an open door. In the city of Tirana, where our ministry is focused, we have about 60,000 children under the age of 15 that would call themselves Orthodox Christians, meaning that their grandparents were Orthodox Christians before the persecution. Of those today, about 500 have some connection with the life of the church, that it sometimes either attend a catechism, go to church, things like that. Their families would take them to church occasionally. So that means the other 59,500 have no connection whatsoever with the church. And the very challenging, tragic thing is that for that 59,500, if they do not become connected with the life of the church in this generation right now, their children will have no orthodox identity anymore. Their children will not receive that idea that our family is orthodox because of the rolling tide of secularism where those traditional ties are being lost. So that's the challenge in which we work. A few words about the work that we're doing. Um, as I said, a lot of our ministry is focused on children, working in children's ministry. We have a staff of about 15 young people that we lead in children's ministry, full-time workers, and I would ask you to particularly pray for these 15 people that we are trying to disciple and empower in that ministry that they would really be zealous and committed and that the Lord would give them strength in this ministry. It's not easy for them. They work for very, very low wages in a very difficult situation where most people around them don't understand why they're working for the church, why they're doing what they're doing. So please pray for these young people that, that we work with. A few of the things that we are going to be involved in coming up very quickly that you can pray specifically in the coming weeks I will be flying back to Albania tomorrow afternoon. I'll arrive at midnight on Tuesday. On Wednesday morning, we'll begin a training session of three days in order to prepare our camp leaders for the summer camps for boys and girls that we'll be leading this summer. This is a very critical time. We have three days to get these young people ready to lead children. And what we see is so important. If our leaders are not ready to lead, they go nowhere. The kids may come to camp and have fun, but they're not discipled and transformed. So these three days are so important. 
Immediately following that on Saturday, on July 4th, as you're celebrating and having barbecues and fireworks, we will be starting our first boys camp this summer. I'll have 85 boys for 10 days. Many of them will come from Orthodox families but have never been baptized, have no catechism in their lives. This will be their first introduction to faith. We will offer catechism. We will offer baptism to those that want to be baptized. It is likely the following Saturday we'll have 10 to 15 baptisms of the boys that choose to be baptized. Pray for those boys that they will truly commit their lives to Christ and that they will be transformed and be witnesses for him in their society. And for the other 85, these 10 days at camp will be by far the most dynamic experience of the Orthodox faith that they have had to this point in their lives. Pray that it will be truly transforming to them, that it will equip and empower them to go back and live as Orthodox Christians. We seek to make our program at camp a training for Christian life for them. So we have daily prayers, sometimes together as a community, sometimes in small groups in their rooms. We have them doing daily Bible readings. We have them doing daily prayers or prayers at their meals. All sorts of different things to form Christian life in them in a practical, portable way that they will be able to go home and continue to live as Christians. Our theme this year will be traveling with Christ, and we're going to take the Apostle Paul as an example of somebody that traveled with Christ, and we will walk with the boys through the life of the Apostle Paul, teach them about the life of the Apostle, how, Christ, how Paul followed Christ, and we, as Paul asks us to do, can follow his example. So I ask your prayers in the next two weeks for these programs. At the end of July, we'll be leading a family camp. We'll have about 100 people, about 25 families coming together, mostly families that are deeply connected in the life of the church, and working with them to celebrate Orthodox families as here and here in a more dramatic way in these days, family is under attack in Albania. The family structure was very strong and important in traditional Albanian culture, but the tidal wave of secular materialism is attacking and destroying that. We are moving from the pre-modern understanding of family to a very post-modern understanding of family. In much of Europe, the divorce rate has gone down dramatically because people don't marry anymore. People just skip the marrying thing. They form couples as they choose, they divide as they choose, they move on without even marrying. We're moving very quickly towards that in Albania. So we feel it very, very important to help Christian families become strong Christian families where they nurture Christian children and are those small churches, as John Chrysostom calls them, that are the building blocks of the larger church. Um, there are many other things. I'm running out of the time that I should take to, to tell you about them. But we, we ask your prayers as we continue in the many other aspects of ministry. Going into September, we'll be gearing up again for the, the Sunday school programs that we run in many locations around the city of Tirana. One of the things that we're very excited about connected with this is we've, we've worked with children for many years, but one of the things we see is that children, if they come from non-Christian families or non-practicing families, it's very hard for them to truly be transformed in their Christian life. So about a little over a year ago, we started... A, a Sunday school group 
for the parents of the children that are in the Sunday Catechism at the Cathedral in Tirana. This was very hard at first. We had, um, I had two or three moms, actually, come for about the first six months. Um, you know, not too much interest, but gradually, over the last six months, it has grown. And we have about eight to ten families, parents, that are involved on a regular basis. And we're so excited about this. We pray, ask you to pray for it, especially as we re-begin in September. Because we see not just parents coming to learn, but parents coming to do what you have here and you take for granted. But to become a community together of Christians that love and care and support one another. We have one of our problems now on Sunday morning is we can't get rid of them at the end of Sunday school because they want to keep talking and spending time together. So we ask, we pray for this to grow. Ask, we, we see the need now to form a second group that is going to be difficult. How do you form that second unit, that second group? So for our, our work with, with parents as that grows. I also will be continuing teaching at our seminary. I teach patrology. And this is so important as we form the young leaders of the future of our church, that they would be able to be those who would go out and incarnate the gospel in the 21st century in Albania. So please pray for, for me as I teach there. There are many, many other things. I'll stop now because I think I've reached my, I've passed my 15-minute limit. So um, I'm going to be here afterwards. I'd love to talk with you. There's also our prayer cards. Please pray with us. We are partnering with you, and that means more than money. That means through the, the spiritual power of your prayers, when you pray, the Holy Spirit works. He chooses to work through our prayers. So take one of the prayer cards in the, out in the narthex. There's a, those available. Pick them up. Put them somewhere where you pray and remember to pray with us. We also do need your ongoing and growing financial support. So there's donor envelopes out there. And there's also a yellow pad where you can put your email address and your name down if you'd like to receive updates from us. I send something three or four times a year. It's not going to jam your inbox, and I don't share your email address with anybody else for anything else. So if you sign up there, you'll get uh, an email update three or four times a year just telling what we're doing. I'd love to share more with you and talking personally afterwards. Thank you so much for your partnership with us. We are very, very much blessed by you, and we are grateful that you make the ministry in Albania part of your ministry here. Thank you.